and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money never sleeps, but I sleep while making money. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude, good, and super excited, <laughs> because, <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, uh, I am drinking my first pumpkin beer of the season, and I... I, I see you smiling because I kind of feel like you have one too. I I'm starting off. Oh my god! If we have samesies, maybe maybe it's a no. Point. We don't. Okay. I don't think we do. Well, oh, you I, don't I think saw, I have good I, taste then? Well, I I no 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 I, I no no no. That's not what I meant. I saw Laura carrying. Uh, I, saw, I saw you carrying the bottle real quick, and I don't think it's the same thing because my the color is different. I don't know okay. what it is. So I'm going but. to one of my core cores of October yeah. that I love. Uh, pumpkin, uh-huh. Southern Tier. Ah, uh, I mean, like it is not October if I have not drank a pumpkin. Just say okay. Well, then we do have the same beer. No, no shit. Yes, we do. Really? Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you didn't so let me finish because I, I was gonna say we had the same beer. It's Potty Jinx, but it's good. I it wasn't. Go- no. All right. So I have mine slightly different. Mm. I have rum barrel aged oh. pumpkin. There's the bottle. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel slightly inadequate right now. <laughs> I, I do. It's my last pumpkin beer in my fridge. I mean, not mm. that's not true. I, I have more. But I'm trying to get rid of them. I think I've kind of fallen out of love with pumpkin beers recently. Oh, see, I haven't had them for a very long time. So I did. So we went, I went to a bottle share this past um, weekend, and I had some, like, older pumpkin beers that just, like, weren't. Dude, weren't tickling me. So I, I am so basic. Before when we were recording, that that yeah. bread that I was eating, pumpkin bread. Yeah. Oh, pumpkin bread. Oh, dude, I like yeah, pumpkin bread, pumpkin, pumpkin bread. cookies, yeah. dude. Yeah. Ah, you you basic. Yeah, yeah, you. Right. Well, I want to thank uh, Matt for sending in this week's catchphrase: "Money never sleeps, but I sleep while making money." And I'm not the Matt who sent that in. Um, but he was wondering if he could give a shout out to his two buddies who listen to the show as well. So I'm going to give a shout out to Brendan in the Bethesda, uh, MA, which I believe is Massachusetts, and Tom in. I'm going to try to pronounce this. This is in Michigan. It's a, it's a city in Michigan. Uh, Ypsilanti. Oh, I, I just noticed you put the enunciation next to it because I would have said Ypsilanti. <laughs> so apparently it's it's a commonly mispronounced Yip, but I think it's just Ip. Mm. Ypsilanti. That's what I'm going with. Uh, here's the thing. You want to send us in some catchphrases, you should join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook by visiting listenmoneymatters.com slash community, and you can send in those catchphrases there. Ask questions, learn things, all the things. Yeah, all the things. So let's. we're doing five questions today, my friend. Let's roll right in, man. Oh, first of all, I'm, I'm going to drink a little bit of this because I haven't actually had a sip of it yet. Well, cheers, dude. Mm. Well, I can't clank my, my mic. Ooh, ah, uh, I don't like that. Oh my god, no way! Is it skunky? It's sour, oh. and I don't think it's supposed to be. It doesn't say it's a sour what beer. You get for trying to one up me with my southern tier. Oh, I think this is no, no. Ooh, I'm sorry, sorry, southern tier. That oh, uh, okay. Well, it's a year old, so. <laughs> Bought it last year. All right, let's get let's get to the questions. What do you say? Let's do it. Question number one: 
uh, from Marcos M. My name is Marcos, and I'm that 17-year-old kid who is terrified of the future. I'm stuck in the limbo of I want to be financially free while chasing my passion, but how do I make money? How do I get out of the rat race? So I came across your podcast. I just finished listen- listening to the Are You Timing the Market episode, but I but I get and I, and get, I it. get it. Yeah, and I get it, but I'm also confused. These are my concerns. Is reading market charts and coming up with investment strategies and finding patterns just speculation? Is all of that stuff just trying to time the market? I know you guys did an entire episode on dollar cost averaging, but if you but if you guys want, can you go a little more in depth? We want. We want to. So what is uh, – so go ahead. You go in a little bit more in depth. You want to go into depth about dollar cost averaging, or do you want to hit these questions you know, one at a time? So I think um, he's talking about time in the market, and is reading market charts and coming up with investment strategies and finding patterns just speculation? Is all of that stuff just trying to time the market? I think if you were using technical analysis to try and like mm-hmm. know the best time to buy because a trend is happening and the best mm-hmm. time to sell because blah, blah, blah – Yes. If you, you know, go into the business, why things are happening and you look at the numbers, obviously look Mm -hmm. at the numbers and then you buy it with a thought that this is a great idea and I want to keep it for, I don't know, forever or a very long time than not. And honestly, if you are willing to do the work to like research the company, their financials, what they're doing, uh, then that is as far from time in the market as possible. You know, it's just one of those things you can't really do at scale unless you love it or it's your job. Right. I mean, time in the market is really just a quick get get rich quick strategy. Right. It's like, oh, you know, like Tesla just had a car accident. Like now's the time to buy because tomorrow it's going to be sky, you know, sky high or whatever. Mm. And uh, and, and, you know, listening to stock tips from from, you know, all the stock. Dr. Kramer. Dr. Kramer. No, he's not. Is he? No. Yeah. Don't give him that much credit, Christ. I was, I was but yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, so like the idea of like trying to quickly make money is timing the market. If you're trying to make money by putting money in now and hoping it's going to pay off in a year because of some, you like you said a trend, mm. or like what I did when I uh, bought right before uh, Howard Stern entered Sirius Satellite Radio. Like that is like me trying to time the market well, for a quick buck. And here's the thing. So so that was, but if you deeply, deeply resonated with yes. the business and yep. then you saw the opportunity, then that would have been great. You know, and like And it's long term play and all of those things. Right. right. Exactly. But I didn't. So <laughs> next time. Next time. Uh so the second part of this is if you guys you know, and he knows we did an entire episode on dollar cost averaging but he wants us to go a little bit more in depth on that. So, well, I would love to do a fundamentals episode of of just dollar cost averaging or just basic fundamentals. Uh, of just fundamentals, like if you wanted to try and pick stocks, you know, I think we had like mm-hmm. touched upon it. I think it'd be super cool. Um, so we could definitely do that. And uh, he did ask, like, how do I make money? How do I get out of the rat race? I, I can't help but like say, mm. dude. You either got to be, you know, an engineer or a physician making an enormous amount of money or create your own business. That's like those are like the hacks. Well, yes and no. Right. Because it's it's all about it's all relative. Mm. So if you are an engineer or you or let's say you're making one hundred and fifty 
plus thousand dollars a year and you sacrifice and live on 30 grand a year well then yeah you can save an enormous amount of money very very quickly which is what you know a lot of what some people do if they have the discipline to do that that's called the but, mr money mustache i believe yes mm. but let's say you make fifty thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars or whatever let's just say fifty you know and you figured out a way to live on twenty five thousand dollars where you're saving twenty five thousand dollars a year and if you continue to live on twenty five thousand dollars a year by a very certain i don't know a how many years to do the math years. A little more than 10 years, like you would be able to continue living at $25,000 a year just on your returns if you took all of that money and put it dollar cost averaging into the stock market by picking the right fu index funds. Mm. That's a good point. It's really just a factor of your savings rate, not as. Uh, and, and where you're willing to live, like, and, and like, or, or how you're willing to live with the amount of money. Right. Right. So, like, I. I told this story before, like when I started my business, I was spending, I think, $4,500 a month to live. I had my own apartment. I had my own condo that I paid for. I had a BMW, all these all these luxuries. And then I got rid of all that stuff, and I was able to live off of $1,300 a month by moving in with my younger brother and paying only $500 a month for um, my rent and then buying, you know, just eating salad pretty much. Like I would buy like, you know, heads of lettuce and and eating salad and and um, but yeah, not spending and then not going out to. I mean, have I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't go out to restaurants. Like there was other factors at play, but like I was able to drastically reduce my monthly expenses. I was going to say that was like the the spark that helped you turn things around. Yeah, making it was, those yeah, and, hard decisions, those cuts. Yeah, totally. And so uh, I think that there's you know yes, it 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 definitely feels a little easier to say. Oh well, if I'm making two hundred thousand dollars a year and I can live off fifty grand a year, which is sounds way doable. Wow, I'm you know I'm saving a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. It just feels like you could get to millionaire status very quickly, and yes, you can. But it's but then it's like self restraint every <laughs> right. day month, yeah. Yeah, and then you and then you're a millionaire, and you have to continue living at fifty thousand dollars a year. Can you do that? Mm. That's the real challenge. You know, it's like. Um, my brother recently was asking about selling. He has, you know, he works for Apple and he has stock in, in, and he was thinking about selling it to pay off his student loans. And I was like, I think you should just sacrifice for a couple months and pay off those student loans in a couple months, couple years, and keep that money because that's a long term investment. Yeah. That's not a get rich quick stock. The, you know, the they're going to be around for a long. Ridiculous. It's better than a savings yeah. account. So, uh, how do you get out of the rat race? Sacrifice now. Mm. Ah, yes. Live five years like no one is willing to. So you live the rest of yeah. your life like everyone wants to. The same thing goes for, you know, you mentioned running your own business, right? Dude, sacrifice. You're sacrificed by doing that. You are you are working your ass off trying to start your business in the first, you know, two or three years. That's how your life is consumed. Yeah. And then you have to continue maintaining that. It's, it's actually... It's much harder. Hard. So, yeah, it's hard. So that's, I mean, my, my, I guess my advice would be like s s pay yourself as much money as humanly possible first, meaning, you know, try to, try to live on very little and s take that money and put it into the stock market every single month, week, whatever you want, um, and invest in index funds and in, not a very short time, but but shorter than most people, you will be out of the quote unquote rat race.
Damn right. It's always easier to spend more than to spend less. So start yes. low. Yeah. So thank you, Marcos. Marcos M for your question. I appreciate that. We're going to go to question two from Spencer. What is worth spending money on and what can you cheap out on? I mean, the list is endless <laughs> here, but I mean. I would say you could cheap out on it. Just about everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's yeah. Go no, ahead. I, I was just gonna say like there's this. Uh, I've read somewhere recently how like you know anyone who's made any amount of money, um, pretty much it's knows that it's built on like ten dollars at a time, and I think mm -hmm. that if you kind of adopt that mindset, like look, you from our relationship, you know, it's just like you're. If this thing costs three hundred, what do you mean you're paying three twenty for it? Like, right, I, I right. think like if you approach things like that, you just will inherently spend less. You know, it's funny. My, uh, I was telling my dad this the other day. Uh, I have a friend who, you know, his parents don't make a lot of money, but his dad is a ruthless negotiator, mm. right? Just like ruthless. <laughs> I want to meet this. And guy. so that guy, and he he does not pay full price for anything. And it's like, and he's had like luxuries in life that like most people would dream about just because he's not willing to pay full price for anything. So maybe that's the same as like, you know, you just mentioned about, you know, saving $10 here and there. It's like, well, every, if you consider everything negotiable, then, then, then yeah, you, there's a way to save money on the things that you buy. As far as the idea of what is worth spending money on and what can you cheap out on? I would say that you would cheap out on the things you don't give a shit about mm. and spend money on the things that you really honestly care about. And you have to sit down with yourself and figure out what those things are because I mean, I like, I like food, right? Same. But I think food to me is the one of the most, it's fuel. It's like the most important thing. It's your health. Your health is look, money is nothing. If you don't have your health, right? Mm. If you're dead oh, for sure. Right. So to me, food is worth more money than most things. I'm willing to spend more money on food than I am to spend on clothes because I don't actually care what I look like in public as long as I'm warm or cool, depending you usually on look the good season. In public. You have like some cool, like fun shirt. I have one cool. <laughs> actually, shirt. That, is, that is. Yeah. You. You've seen me. You've seen me. And I, we don't see each other in person a lot. Wear the same shirt. Multiple times. It's in from like the Target. Past I spent two eighteen months, multiple times. I, yeah. I've spent eighteen dollars on that shirt, and I wore the crap out of it the, to the point where I was going to breweries, and people were like, "I know you." I'm like, <laughs> no, I just wear this shirt every time I come here. So they're like, "Oh yeah," because you're the only guy wearing a dumb dad Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. So uh, yeah, so to me, clothes are valueless. Mm. I don't. I don't. I like. I'm wearing an old navy hoodie. I wear it every single day, and I'm wearing like Target stretch pants or whatever like like athletic pants and i've been wearing the same shoes for like two years same. so you know but food i will spend a lot of money on All right. or more money than the average i got person. two cheap and one one expensive so hit me up uh laura and i love to drink at night and just hang out and whatever and we have discovered, I mean, as we drink beer, I'm sorry your beer isn't. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I hate us. Dude, it, oh, it got worse. It tastes like, like cough syrup now. All right, that's, that, that went bad, dude. Mm. All right, sorry. I'm sorry, man. <sighs> you live and you drink. We, we discovered two buck Chuck, which is, <laughs> yeah. you, you know that? Did you, there's a, I think there's an episode on how I built this. 
with the guy who started oh, Two Buck Shop. Like that, that would be fascinating. Basically, it's yeah, his he, wine. He hates it. He hates it? He hates it because he's, he's a, he's a oh, vineyard. No, so there was a guy who created the brand and then sold it to a ruthless businessman who right. the, and, and the guy who sold it, it was a premium brand that had won awards. <laughs> right, and now right. it's like the cheapest wine ever. Yeah. And it has his yeah. name attached to it. But that it's it. actually decent for like, mm-hmm. I think it's like two ninety nine now or something like that. Yeah. At Trader Joe's, yeah. at least in New York. And I'm going to drink it like it's that price anyways. So right. whatever. Uh, the other cheap thing, and not for a shameless plug, I get nothing from this, but uh, Easy Plate. And we were a sponsor on the show, and they sent Laura and I a box. Oh, okay. And like, so with the Listen My Matters code, it's uh, $2.50 a plate. And uh, so we get this box. And it's, it's like essentially yeah. like meat, potatoes, and just like a bunch of like basics. Yeah. Um, and their, their uh, ingredient, like their uh, uh, recipes were good. Mm-hmm. And it was like so cheap. Like we're, yeah. we're like addicted to it because look, it's got what we need. Rice, whatever. What is the uh, what is the thing you spare no expense on? So um, the thing that brings in all the money is the business, uh-huh. and while I, I try to be pretty ruthless on expenses, uh, the tools that I need to do the job need to mm-hmm. be amazing, so that I can do something amazing or attempt to do something amazing. The computer, right. the the mic, monitor. I mean, I, I spend endless hours staring at this monitor, so. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say if you wanted to, uh, I don't know. Those things are valuable to you. To me, to me, yeah. To you, right. So it really depends. We can't just sit here and say, like, you know, what is what is worth spending money on and what can you cheap out on? It's what what is worth it to you. Mm. Like, what do you find? Like, you know, I've you know, this is an old thing, but people say, you know, oh, you know, the reason you're broke is because you're buying the lattes from Starbucks, you know, that whole yeah, stupid yeah. thing, right? And it's like, dude, if you are obsessed with coffee and it makes you happier to drink really awesome coffee, then spend the money on yeah, it. Yeah, and just, you know, just take it from someplace else. To, yeah, that you don't really care about. Maybe you're spending money on something that sucks and you hate, and you're like, why am I why am I putting money towards like this? Like pumpkin aged in rum barrels. Yeah, like, what well, a yeah, waste maybe that's of money. not <laughs> I, at this point, yeah, unfortunately, because I, I like pumpkin, but oh, mm. man, this, I think, uh, I think this is an infected bottle. Yeah. To be honest, anyway, so that's that's what I'd say. So thank you, Spencer, for your question. I really appreciate it. Uh, getting to question number three, this is from Jennifer from Oklahoma City. I was wondering what it's like for you guys on buying your first rental property slash maybe the first rental property on Roofstock. My husband and I have been trying to buy one on Roofstock and keep losing and seems and it seems the longer it takes to get what the fuck get on. the first and one it, to get the first one. So I here's what I'm going to be naive. I don't really understand what Roofstock so is. So Roofstock a is a rental property marketplace essentially. Like imagine Zillow but you could buy rental properties and it was like curated. Ah, got it. Wow, okay. that was a good analogy. Thanks, Andrew. So they keep losing, and it seems like the longer it takes to get the first one, the more frightening it gets. I was wondering how Laura handled it, and um, she's making the assumption that uh, you had no problem running off the cliff into rental properties. Uh, She says, we have a lot of people who think we are crazy, and I feel like while my husband and I were both ready to buy a property in the beginning, my husband has kind of gotten off board. Did you have this problem, or did Laura just let 
you just didn't do your thing. So um, our first property was not on Roofstock. It was this okay. property that was $40,000. They bought it in Indianapolis. If I was to do it again, I would have not have bought the property. It is profitable, but a pain in the balls. And you paid up front for the whole thing? No, so, so we mortgaged a- it. And the whole thing okay. is so uh, we wound up putting – and I forget the exact number. It was ten, twelve, something thousand dollars. We had discussed it mm-hmm. to time, like it, it, an insane amount. We discussed, yeah. and we figured um, the potential was there. Uh, it was something we we've invested in other things before, and and we both agree that investments need to be things that we are willing to lose. Um, and then the first few months of that property were great. And so we moved into Roofstock, which is way easier. And I would say, like, in terms of... So, so look, your husband needs to be on board. Laura was on board. And by the time we had found Roofstock, uh, we were essentially frothing at the mouth, and we bought two in short order. Uh, now, now, a quick question about Roofstock, mm-hmm. just for my naivete, but you own the house, right? Yes. When you buy a house on Roofstock, like, it's your rental property. Oh, Absolutely. It's not like a bunch of it's not like a lending club where like a bunch of people are buying into one rental property or anything. Okay, right, it, it's it. it's mine one hundred percent. And yeah, I, I guess the the problem is that there are a lot of people who have money sitting on the sidelines and they mm-hmm. see the same deals that you see. So if this place mm-hmm. is returning twenty percent or more a year, you better damn well believe there's going to be some competition. Right. Um. Some of that scares me away, and so I. I'm not going to compete and drive the return down to 10% or whatever. That's not worth it for me. And so mm-hmm. I think when, when Laura and I were doing it, we were, we were doing it hardcore. And we, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know hardcore for me. Like, yeah. Well, so she was involved in the entire process. Laura was involved. She helped. She yeah. helped look. No, I, we uh-huh. double, triple checked with each other, you know, ran yeah. numbers, umpteenth million. I literally built a tool for this because I was spending so right. much time running numbers. How, at, at any point, were you afraid? Was she afraid? I, I think uh, we had decided that this made sense. Um, mm-hmm. And this is play money, right? This is not like, you know, you if you lose this 10 grand or whatever you put into it, like you're not living in a bot a car robot right this is like you had like so this is was this like play money or was this like important to have right so so laura and i don't really view any of our money as play money um okay we we buy two buck chuck like we okay, right. okay right. <laughs> we're not okay. trying to waste any of it that said yeah. uh it, it is one of the calculated risks that we've taken and i okay. think that like after the first one we felt much more comfortable understanding the process Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like you have to be comfortable in the value that you're paying and you have to understand what is involved. And I guess with Roofsock, less is involved, which is why we really liked it. Okay. And your your advice in this question is just like make sure your husband's on board. Yeah, like you can't because you know what? If if it's hard one year, and if you're holding this property for 30 years, you'll definitely get at least one hard year. He's gonna be sticking right. that in your face. Mm. You have to be on the same page. It's a big decision. What about a lot of people who think they're crazy? Like, I would ask, why do you feel, why are people thinking you're crazy? Well, I, I think that people want to justify their own decisions that they've made. And a lot of people uh-huh. have horror stories where so-and-so bought this thing as a rental property. And I think if you dig in, from, from my experience, 
few, if any, have done any analysis. They've they've not run any numbers. You can't buy a right. rental property and and you know like and make money. Yeah. It has to. The numbers have to work out. And so, right. I don't know. It, I, to me, it sounds hard, and it's it sounds like a job, and it sounds like acquiring a property education. is a lot of work. Yeah, and it's education, and there are easier ways to make good returns. But if you want to, if you want to do this, like there, it's it is calculated. It is it does require you to know what the hell you're doing, and you got to have people on your side and on board to to help you through this, or else you're going to end up in a situation that similar to what I am in where I did not have people who could help me and I did not have, I did it for all the wrong reasons. And here's the thing, you know, sock makes it easier. Like they, they certainly make it easier. Um, but yeah, you, you have to, uh, I don't know. I I had a good thing, but you basically, it it has to make sense. The, The numbers have to make sense. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what do you say to her? Just, just like, you know, make get your husband back on board. Oh, what I wanted to say is you said like there are good returns elsewhere. The returns on rental properties are awesome and they're mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, they're awesome because it's commiserate with the risk. You're taking far right. more risk buying a single building in one location in some whatever city. And so right. if executed properly, we'll do really, really well. But you should be right. uh you should spend a lot of time and look at a ton of properties. And fail a bunch and lose. Right. And, right? and lose deals because you're not willing to go higher. That is how right. you find the one that works because you ask, well, what about the basement? I don't know. It looks like there could have been a leak here. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get the idea of, like, when you keep losing and the longer it takes to get that first one under your belt, it, the more frightening it gets, mm. like the scarier it gets. Right? I mean, that's just the name of the oh, game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for your question. Really appreciate it. But uh, we have two more questions that we have to get to. And before we get to those questions, we need to take a short break. But uh, when we return, two more questions and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Getting into. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Getting into question number four. This one is from Simon. I've been looking for some tips for someone in my situation, a poor college student. I don't make a ton of money, and I have more and more student loan debt every semester. I am wondering where I should be putting my money. Should I look into creating an emergency fund already, a Roth IRA, Betterment account, etc.? What does Simon do? Yes, yes, and yes. Look, Obey. Be- before you do anything, you should have mm-hmm. at least a thousand dollars. You know that that is not invested that you know in an emergency right fund. in an emergency fund. like in a savings account um i think that you should as you start out maybe not put it in uh tax advantaged accounts uh, roth ira if you put money in there it'll be tax free you know you're in a low tax bracket it'll be great but you won't be able to use that money and being that you're young you will probably need to use that yeah okay now, well, I'm assuming that uh, this is a college student who is making money, hmm. just some some money. Well, right? he also, I guess, wants to know he how says, I don't. To... Right. He says, I don't make a ton of money, but he has more student loan debt every semester. Right. So the student loans are going up and up. Uh, and I, I mean, here's what I I don't know about you, but yes, emergency fund, create that already. Hmm. Right. Um, 
argue with me here because I would say take your money, put it into a a high yield savings account, and right now a lot of savings accounts are at like the highest yields ever because we're in this bullish market. So I just saw that like Ally Bank is at two and a half percent or some mm. shit like that. Well, it's a, it's a uh, factor of the federal in- interest rate, Fed, Fed funds, right? Yeah, so I would say start putting money away, and then when you graduate, take that money and put it towards your student loans. So um, I I think that uh, it, I mean it depends how you feel about the student loans and how big the student loans are. You could and what the interest rate of those student loans are. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could do this thing, or while you're in school, literally work to make it. You know, to pay off your student right, loans. and that that would be a really cool story, and, and like I'm totally for that. You not wouldn't pay years and years of interest. I mean, that's what I'm suggesting is to take the money that you're earning now while in school and use it to pay your future student loan debt. I think that's a great idea. And live the before you do and have the emergency fund. But before you do the Roth IRA and Betterment account, when you get a job and you're making more money from the degree that you have, then you can immediately start, you know, your Roth IRA and your and your investment. Live the poor student lifestyle. Yeah. Right. But like be done with your debt. I mean, if possible, before you graduate or like really, really soon after. I think it's an awesome yeah. idea. And live the poorest lifestyle possible. Yeah. And right? no one will blame take you. Most, You're a college kid. Right. And take most of that money. Yeah, you could buy two buck Chuck. Mm. You, have, you could get real hammered off that at your parties. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm serious. It's it's that's I, I don't know. That's what I would do, because I think student loan debt is crippling. Mm. And it makes it really hard to save for retirement when you have student loan debt. But while you're in school and you're thinking about school and you're saving up to pay that school off later, then it's like you took a big chunk of your stress off day one. Yeah. You know, when you graduate. So and then you can start and then you get a nice paying job, hopefully. And when you earn that money, then you'll you keep most of it, if not all of it. Right. Exactly. So that's my that's what I would do. Do that. All right, wow. Yeah, Matt, you go. High five. <laughs> High five across the screen. Uh, so thank you, Simon, for your question. I hope that was helpful. Uh, and we're going to get to question number five from Lisa. There was one podcast about making more money where Andrew kept saying to Thomas that it was so easy to make $100 online or an extra $100 online per month. I wanted to know what ideas you guys suggest. So, Matt. Yeah. You don't have a what? I, I added the inflection in that question. <laughs> you did I don't think so it was, I don't, easy. Well, there was two O's and so, That's so true. I figured it was more of a sarcastic, so easy to make 100 bucks <laughs> online. Oh, if so, then tell us how you did it. Okay, Matt. You have, you have yeah. none of the online things that you have. You are just yep. a strapping young lad ready Thank you. to earn mm-hmm. money, um, and you need it. Sooner rather than later. So you can't necessarily um, spend a year building something to make $100. How would right. you make $100 online? I mean, give me two well, ways. I know you could rattle. Yeah. All right. Well, if I'm strapping, then I got to use that as an asset and start uh, maybe doing some sex work. No, <laughs> $100. No, on, online you mean, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like from home or whatever. And I got nothing. Mm, nothing. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I, I mean, at this point, all right, so you're gonna have to help me here because it's like, I would take inventory of myself and my skill sets, Mm -hmm. right? So in this scenario, 
do I know how to design a website? Sure, but you could definitely learn. I mean, you could you could spend a few hours online and learn. But I got to do it as fast as possible, right? right? So I think you can learn I, how to build a website and be pretty decent within like two weeks. Yeah, if you're doing Squarespace websites. So yeah, I would do. <laughs> I would. I would. Uh, no, I'm serious. Like I would do service based work. Mm. I would find. I mean, to make a hundred dollars online quickly, I would. I would use the internet to connect me to somebody who needs internet work. Uh, some of those things would be, and again, taking inventory of what you're good at as a person, or at least adequate at. Uh, for me, it was doing website design. I am a competent writer now. I wasn't then, but I could definitely write for people. I could be a VA. I could be a virtual assistant booking flights for other people or, you know, posting stuff on social media or, you know, answering customer service emails, whatever, you know, general like administration work uh, in a virtual capacity. Mm. Um, I would, I mean, so l- again, let me ask I have, you this. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, say yeah. you're given two, three months. Do you think that you could build something, say even with a Squarespace site, that would make a hundred dollars uh-huh. a month, given all of your skills and everything? Ooh, that's a good question. And all right, let's like, give me three months. You give me three months. Get three months, but you can't leverage your existing audience. Of but course. all your skills right. are there. Uh, all right. Well, uh, man, see, I would still, I would still go service based mm. because, um, I, to be honest, like I don't know if I could write. An, well, you know, okay, all right. Hear, hear me out. I would, <laughs> I would build a Squarespace site in a single day. Mm. I would, I would, you know, buy a domain name uh, for ten dollars or whatever. I would create a logo instantly, fast. Um, whether it was something I just bought on Fiverr or whatever. I would set up a Squarespace account, $8 a month or whatever they're charging nowadays. Uh, I would do it in a day. I would give myself eight hours. Mm-hmm. You have eight hours to do all of those things. And you can't make your website. You can just pick a template, do a little bit of design tweaks if you wanted to, but like you only had those eight hours. And then for the next, what, 30 days, 30 to 60 days perhaps? Or no, the next 90 days. No, I'm sorry. The next <laughs> 60 days. I'm just trying to pitch it in my head. I would write uh, twenty five hundred plus words every single day, and put up an article. And I would do uh, I would do research on what articles that I would put up using um, you know some sort of SEO tool. Like you get one for free if you do the Hrefs, and you do the seven day free trial for or seven day trial for seven bucks. That's what I would do, and I would write. I would just be vivaciously writing my face off. Okay. And so, uh, and I would be adding affiliate links via Amazon and other affiliate programs I would sign up for it during those 60 months as well. And I would just be tweeting and sharing as much as I possibly could on my own personal uh, social networks. And then in the last 30 days, I would create an informational product um, – and then put it up for sale on my website, and then I could I would definitely make you a hundred dollars a month, I think. That that sounds like a lot. So oh no, I'm yeah. You uh, gave me three I months. Mean, okay, I guess yeah. Okay, I, that's me doing a content site. The thing that I actually know I would how to do, do something similar, uh-huh. um, because that that is mostly what I know. Um, yep. Laura and I created the site that that I can't mention because yep, it's a pretty good opportunity. It's, sure. Um, but it has been about a year. It's making about twelve hundred dollars a month, 
And mm-hmm. I think that with a refs and give yourself a few late sleepless nights or long days or whatever, you can surface opportunities that uh, like they, they have a, a term in there. It's keyword difficulty. Look for things yeah. that are zero. I, d- mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe a volume of 500, zero difficulty. If it's like a uh, heavy intention based keyword, like, yeah, you know, I don't know, best nunchucks. Like they're looking okay. to buy nunchucks. And if there's no competition, well, then shit, do it. Um, right. So, so that's one thought is, is mm-hmm. you know, and then pull that out over the three months, go to Money Lab, right. learn all that stuff. Uh, yep. And the other thing is uh, a lot of the websites or a lot of, yeah, a lot of websites that do well have Facebook accounts. And mm-hmm. at least in the personal finance space, we don't, but many run Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. And Facebook now has uh, this visibility thing after this whole Russian hacking stuff well, that shows yeah, you I the might ads to, they're running. Yeah, but I might have to stop you there because that re- that's spending money to make money. You might be able to get free Facebook credits. Let's, let's assume you get $100 okay. in free Facebook credits. Okay, fine. The articles that they are running are by far their most lucrative articles mm-hmm. like to, to the nth degree. And yeah. so you can create a site. You don't need any traffic. Look at mm-hmm. the article that they're advertising and cre- mm-hmm. spend two, three days, make one way better and advertise that site as that, that article on Facebook as well. All right. Give me another idea that doesn't require a content site. And affiliate marketing. That doesn't um, – so Laura uh, goes to thrift stores, finds uh-huh. clothes that are branded of like decent brands. Sometimes they even have their labels still on them. Um, yep. You know, buys them for like $2 and she uses Poshmark.com. It's a, it's a mostly an app to, to sell them. And so she buys it for 2 mm-hmm. something, sells it for 30 to 40 something. And, uh, you know, she takes a few pictures, posts it up. It, it doesn't take her that much time. Yep. That's easy. And and as she's been on it, she's gotten more followers. And now when she posts stuff up, like, they just sell quickly. Yep. I, I That's another idea. I, I did one where I was doing eBay for a while. Mm-hmm. So I started with just selling, you know, things on my desk and things that I had that I, you know, didn't really need anymore or, like, whatever. And just started putting stuff up, gaining my – building my reputation. And then taking some of that – those profits earned or that just or that cash flow, maybe not even profits because I had bought those other things, taking those profits earned or, or cash flow and buying things that I knew people wanted, right? And trying to buy them at a discount, whether it's going to like a Marshall's type of situation or a Walmart that has like super lost leaders on sale coming back and then reselling them on eBay. So I did do that for a while and then I ended up getting into uh, I was doing uh, pool table accessories on eBay. So I was buying like I had I had access to buying um, relatively uh, or wholesale uh, pool cues and balls and other things. And they would drop ship it for me to that person. And so I would just use eBay as my marketplace and I create a little store and started doing it that way. You know, um, in college, I kind of got over my GameCube, you know, sold that mm-hmm. on eBay Mm-hmm. Sell your mom and dad shit on eBay, <laughs> right? Yeah, the stuff they don't sell need. other people's sell other people's shit on eBay. Yeah, t- like, will they come to you 
on that. Yep, like, look, come, I just take yeah. 5%, whatever. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's, you can, I mean, you're not going to be making like, yeah, $100 a month. Sure. It's easy to make $100 a month online to do I th- that. I think that's the thing is $100, I think, is far easier to earn online than people know. Um, like, I, insert right. investment product name here. If you sign up and put $1 in, Listen Money Matters gets roughly $50. So for me yeah. to earn $100 a month, I need to find two people. My 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 biggest uh, advice in this in this general area, and this is the advice that I give everybody that I talk to about this subject, which is like you need to do a personal inventory of what it is that you're good at. Yeah. Because I'll give you an example of like my my dad does scoring. He scores music. Mm-hmm. He will take, uh, you know, songs that are maybe like he'll t- all right. Let's just take an example. Like you could take a modern song, right? And he'll turn it into an orchestra piece and write all of the pieces oh. for, you know, and then he doesn't own the right to sell it, but he owns the right to like say that, hey, I, I, I've arranged this and, you know, you can print this up and, you know, uh, he could sell the printed versions on Gumroad. Mm. So you could take so so you could take a skill set of yours, package it into an informational product of some sort. Right. And then tell people about it. I know um, I have a, f- uh, a friend who had just she, – what she does is, is motion graphics animations for clients, right? That's what she does, right? Um, but she has these contracts that she sends to her clients, and she, she templated those contracts out and then put them up on, say, something like Gumroad where you could sell instantly for free to anybody with, a, with just a link and sold her, her templates that she uses for uh, – freelance contract work for motion graphics and she you know knows some friends who do motion graphic work since you're in the industry and you just tell them like hey i, I got these you know here's 10 bucks 15 bucks 20 bucks 50 bucks i mean it's a big part of your mm. business and you sell it that way and you start to build a little audience and continue to sell it and continue to update it so you know i could look at um as an example of like if i wanted to really get like nitty-gritty here one of the things that i do as a complete hobby that most people would would consider it as a very special skill set. I can homebrew and I'm very good at homebrewing and I could film myself with my iPhone teaching homebrewing and all these skills that I know about water chemistry and all these things and package it up into a video course that I could throw on Gumroad completely for free. All of this is free. You have a phone. It's all part of the, you know, or you could use something like Skillshare. Or, or something like Skillshare, Where yeah. they have a built-in could, audience. And... Right. So I could tell my friends that are homebrewers, like, hey, I built, made this thing. You can support me or, like, then start to build an audience on, you know, Twitter or Instagram or something and say that I have this product for sale. Actually, something I should be doing right now. Uh, so uh, it's it's taking personal inventory of what it is that you're already good at and commoditizing that in some way, right? And there's really interesting ways to come like like, you know, my friend who I said does motion graphics, like one way she commoditized her talent was by literally doing freelance work, freelance, you know, motion graphic work for companies. Mm-hmm. OK, well, guess what? She has to create a, a contract for that. Now she has a byproduct. She created this thing. She could repackage that and sell that to other people who do what she does, you know, Think about that in your own scenario. You might even be at work, and you might create something interesting at work that you use internally, but you created it 
what's to stop you from taking that thing and putting it up on gumroad.com or or skillshare if it's a course or ebay if it's a physical product or shit man like like my buddy is a woodworker he likes to do woodworking on the side i asked him i was like oh you know what he can you make a mash paddle for me it's a uh, you know thing to stir um mashing when you're brewing and he was like yeah like what give me some ideas and i went on uh google and etsy and i was looking at other woodworking mash paddles and i found one i was like dude if you can make it look like this that would be awesome a week later he had it and those things were selling on etsy for 150 dollars and and it's like the most niche thing ever it's the most and he put yeah so i'm like you could put if you do a little word working here and there or some sort of craft that you do just for fun or for like christmas or whatever put it on put it on etsy do you make illustrations of things print it out on nice paper like list it on etsy yeah, or uh, what's it? Uh, there's like six page six, Avenue six, mm. something like that. There's handmade there's by a, Amazon. Like, if yeah. you can just create like I don't know. There's some people who like uh, paint or like color sneakers, like Converse, like Chuck yeah. Taylors, and uh, uh-huh. they they go for a lot of money. Man, I could keep going with yeah. this. I, I still I've like a, t- <laughs> ten more ideas just popped in my head. Built for the hustle. Yeah. So. Lisa, I hope that was enough ideas to maybe get you started if you're looking to uh, make an extra $100 online or $100 online per month. I hope that those uh, suggestions will help you out or at least put you in a direction like, oh, there's a lot. In fact, I believe you have an entire article on listedmoneymatters.com that's like 100 and some odd ways to make. We have, if you go to the popular section on, the, on listedmoneymatters.com, you will find plenty of things. Yeah. So, Lisa, thank you so much for your question. If you missed anything, we'll have everything that we just talked about in the show notes. Uh, you either can check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash, slash show. Man. Long day. Please long day and a yeah, bad beer. Please, yeah, long day, bad beer. Sounds like a country song I'm never going to write. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes. And hopefully, hopefully they'll become a subscriber as well. If you think we neglected to mention something uh, about this episode topic, here's what you can do. You can join the List of Money Matters community on Facebook, and we'll continue the conversation there. Just go to listofmoneymatters.com slash community. And if you have any que- questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of this show, please email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. All the tools and resources we normally mention on this show, like Roofstock, Betterment, uh, what was some of the other ones I think I mentioned? Those two? Whatever. <laughs> All of those tools and resources we mentioned will be available at listedmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So that's it, Andrew. You got anything else you want to add before we say sayonara to this episode? That's all, man. All right, man. Later, Andrew. Please tell your friends about this show.